Mum, where did I come from? It's an innocent enough question, but one that's not always easy to answer. And even once you've dealt with the delicate realities of basic biology, the question goes deeper into issues of identity and destiny. Because the view we have of our origins, of the source of life, the universe and everything, as the classic quote goes, has implications for how we see our value as human beings and whether we have any sense of hope for the future. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hi, welcome to Science Radio for another week. I'm on the phone with Lindell Peterson from Melbourne. She's a, a church leader there for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. She's written a fantastic article for us in the August edition of Signs of the Times magazine. How are you doing, Lindell? I'm good, Kent. I'm in the office at the moment. I have been working from home for the last couple of months because it's a little crazy in Victoria at the moment, but otherwise keeping well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can imagine it has been pretty, pretty crazy. And I certainly would like to ask you, uh, you know, a little bit about that and the implications of that. But can you just tell us briefly, what what's the vibe? You know, this has been going on for, you know, several weeks now in Victoria. Are, are people worried? Is there a sort of a sense of tension in, in the air for you guys? Look, it is a really strange situation. I mean, we've entered into stage four lockdown which has a curfew so in the evenings it's a lot quieter you know if you were to if you were to stick your head out the window you can hear birds rather than cars on the street so in Mm. that sense there's this sort of eerie kind of calm that's come over the city a bit but I think there's also there is a sense of uncertainty as you're probably aware the cases are growing day by day in the, you know, in the three figures. And yeah, it's a bit nerve wracking because each time you go out, you look at how many cases are in your area and you think, could this be the day? Yeah, yeah. They, they say the worst fear of all is the the fear of the unknown. And, and I guess that's exactly where you guys are at. You know, it's, you just don't know where this, where this is going to go. So I, I can certainly understand the, the sense of, of nerves there. Now, you've written a, a really interesting article for us in the August magazine, uh, uh, Lindell, the August Signs of the Times. Um, it's entitled In the Beginning, and you focus on origin stories. This is sort of ironic, sadly, to a certain point, because, you know, obviously, you know, this month, August, where, where there were a number of movies that were due to come out in the cinema that's now been delayed and pushed back. And I think one of the movies that was due to come out was a Marvel movie, and they're big on origin stories of course you know the superhero origin stories where do they come from what's their backstory and i think the the black widow origin story uh, origin movie from marvel what was uh, coming out you know natasha romanov all that stuff there's actually a mention of it in another article it's a bit of a theme in the august signs of the times which is which is interesting but why do you think people are so fascinated by origin stories of superheroes i mean you know they love to see the action and the you know the explosions and the chases and the superpowers at work but it seems people have this desire to sort of get back to the beginning and find out how did these superheroes you know become what they became yeah i think you're right i i find origin stories absolutely fascinating but i'll be honest with you i am not a big 
superhero movie fan. And when I wrote this article, I actually had to call on a few friends who are really <laughs> into this this sort of stuff and ask them for some references because because it's not really my scene. But yep. I resonate with the whole concept of origin stories. That's what really fascinates me. Yeah. I think the reason that superhero origin stories are so popular at the moment is because we've seen a resurgence in these sort of superhero movies and they almost have a cult following where people, you know, they've seen stories like they've read the comic books as kids or teenagers and now they're getting to my age, maybe in their 30s. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going, you know, Marvel's really tapping into this and saying, well, well how did this all come about? Where did they come from? What, you know, what makes, what makes Spider-Man the way he is or what makes, like you said, the Black Widow, where does she come from? How mm. does she you know, how does that all start and, and, and what's, what's around this? And I think the reason we're fascinated by this is because it brings superheroes down to almost a human level. Mm. And it gives us this, it taps into this idea that perhaps if they originated in a similar way to what I did, you know, they were just a kid in a school. I was just a kid in a school. They grew up in a small town. I grew up in a small town. It helps us to relate to them on a really good level and it places them, their story in context and it helps us, I think, make sense of our story in context. Yeah. So I think there's elements of like hope, there's elements of excitement and success through adversity, I should say. So this idea of, well, if someone else can experience a traumatic upbringing or a challenge in their life and come out and make something positive out of that, then I guess there's hope for me as well. And I think that's what really gets us excited about these origin type stories. Yeah. For me, I, I think origins of like the underdog story that comes from starting like a big business or a company are just as fascinating because again, it tells us that regular people are doing incredible things and we all start from very similar places. We all start from you know, a, a mother and a father, or we all start from a small town or a, a school, or you, we can relate to all these these different beginnings. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, isn't it, Lindell, that people are not only fascinated by the, the superheroes and the success stories, you know, like you say, those businesses that, you know, maybe, I guess, you know, the, the classic example of, you know, started in a garage somewhere in California and is now one of the biggest companies in Silicon Valley. You know, that's that's the sort of, you know, thing we, we like to hear about. Yeah. But it's also interesting that people are really interested in the the villains too. Like when it comes to, to movies, often these days it seems the villain has a backstory too and you can see how they were, you know, persecuted as a child in some way or they had some, you know, abusive upbringing or something and we're sort of encouraged to understand, you know, how someone might have become this way or, or the obsession that people have with true crime, you know, and you think why would you, you know, get try to get yourself in the head of a serial killer or, or whatever, but pe- people do, they're fascinated. They want to understand like what and is going on exactly and i think that's i think you've highlighted something there because we're fascinated by i mean look at netflix at the moment mm. it's full of all these true stories about you know serious or people that have done horrific things or even the you know the harvey wine scene am i saying mm. the right one it's yeah, yeah i get the name yeah that whole scandal at the moment and and the, the origins of these these mm. scandals and crimes because we mm. You know what went wrong because the reality is we were all 
we're, we're all born as crying naked babies, you know what I mean, into yeah. this world. Yep. And something somewhere on the line, along the line changes where we either become triumphant out of adversity or that adversity leads us to a really dark place. And mm. so origin stories, I think, are incredibly important because they, they show us that while we all have very similar beginnings, things can go very differently. And it helps us to understand and put other people's stories in context as well. Um, you know, we're fascinated by behavior of other people and, and finding out what happened early in their life can often help us uh, almost compartmentalize and make sense of some of the things that go on in this world. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You do something really interesting in your article, Lindell, because you, you make that connection with, you know, you know, fictional origin stories or, you know, sort of business startup sort of origin stories. But then you, you sort of flip it around a bit and you point out that when it comes to the way we see ourselves and the way we understand ourselves, we also create origin stories uh, about ourselves. You know, we, you, you know what I mean? We, we're kind of selective, mm-hmm. I guess, in, in the narrative that we tell about ourselves, about, you know, our upbringing, what sort of person we are, what our influences were, what those crucial sort of turning points were were for us. That That's interesting, isn't it? Our, our self-concept sort of depends on this story that we, we tell about ourselves. And, and I think that comes about because each one of us, and I, I don't think it's just a young person thing. I think whatever age, whatever demographic, each one of us really wants to just make sense of where we fit in the world mm. and and why we are the way that we are. So looking at our origins and looking at what's happened in our life helps us to fit ourselves into that puzzle piece and uh, of the broader concept of who am I and how do I exist in this world. And I made reference to a psychologist in there who talks about this kind of phenomenon in the superhero sort of industry, I I think I could probably say. And she talks about the key elements that we relate to is this idea of every superhero undergoes trauma, destiny, or um, sheer chance. And Mm. I think think we, that's how we, why we resonate with these origin stories and these superheroes because we go, you know, is there a moment in my life where I've experienced trauma that's altered me? Is there a moment in my life where I've experienced what we call destiny? Or is it a chance moment that has shaped who I am and been a turning point in, in my life? Because I think a lot of our life is full of a lot of different, you know, we could have gone down this path or the other path type turning points. And those um, moments of choice, those moments of change or those moments of chance or destiny or whatever we want to call it are the things that help us navigate where we've come from and in turn decide where we're going. Yeah. Do you, do you think sometimes that the the origin stories we create for ourselves can, I guess, limit ourselves or, or pigeonhole ourselves in some way? I mean, if, if you say, you know, I grew up in a disadvantaged background, I was abused as a child, you know, my family were all involved in, in drugs and crime. And, and that's who I am and that's my background. So that, that explains why I am the, the way I am. Can that story be, you know, limiting in, in some ways and, and perhaps in a way oh, that absolutely. it doesn't have to be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a psychologist. I'm just speaking from, I guess, researching the article and my own experience. But absolutely. Like if, you're, if you are told a certain thing growing up, like, for example, I was always very academic in high school and I was always told, mm. you know, oh, you you will be successful. You'll, you'll be able to do whatever you want. You could be a lawyer, or, you know, any of these kind of things. And so choosing pastoral ministry for me to become a minister of a church was a difficult choice because 
I'd been told from a very young age that that there was certain roles that I should and could fulfill because uh, of what they deemed my um, yeah. my so academic level. Other people also help to they directly input into what our origin story is. It's not just something we make up about ourselves. Yeah. On the flip side of that, like you said, we could also, you know, look at ourselves and say, well, I don't have these particular skills or or I've had these particular challenges, therefore I cannot achieve on that. But I think what the stories that we love to hear, the origin stories that we particularly love, is when someone has been limited by either their own perception of who they are or things, like you said, that others have told and they've broken those boundaries and, and succeeded and, and said, you know, just because someone's defined me that way or said that I, you know, I can't achieve, I'm going to push past that and show that I can. And those are the stories that really we love and resonate with us because they show the, the human spirit and they give us hope that we do not have to be just who we've been told we are or who we perceive to be. It's, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? The amount of times that you hear someone sort of tell their life story and, and how often they remember this, this particular moment that for possibly everyone else around them was just another moment in an ordinary day. But, you know, a teacher, for example, said to them, you know, look, maybe you're not really a science person. You should probably switch subjects. And, you know, and that sort of deflating experience, you know, sort of, you know, totally change the the direction of their lives. I mean, possibly the response was, "I'll show you." You know that, and that that's the other other response. But mm. possibly it's like, "Oh, it looks like I'm not that smart. Guess I won't um, won't go that way." Is it, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so it's choosing. You know, buddy, who's gonna who's going to make the decision? Is it gonna? Am I gonna? decide for myself which way I'm going to go or I'm going to let other people influence me. So, And everyone responds to those external influences differently, which mm. is, I suppose, why we see, uh, yeah, different results in the world. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I guess there is an element of choice there, but sometimes we we only sort of choose between the, the options that, that we're presented with, and that, that can be really tough sometimes. Now, L- Lindell, your article takes what, for some readers, might be a, a really strange, you know, left turn from sort of going from this, like you say, you know, quasi-psychology s- sort of beginning that your article starts with, because you then turn to the ancient creation myths of various cultures and, and religions. And, and look, again, you know, I understand you're someone who's you know, just done some reading on this. I don't think you're a, an expert historian on this or, or anything, but you found it fascinating. Can you give us a little bit of a crash course on, on what you found there? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I am not a historian or anything, but it is absolutely fascinating. And the reason I looked at other creation myths and other religions is because I thought, let's put it into context. Let's see where we've come from in terms of what a lot of us believe or, you know, the beliefs that have emerged today. And what was really fascinating to me is, you know, throughout ancient Greece, throughout ancient Egypt, the origin stories in these cultures are incredibly violent. (laughs) They're (laughs) incredibly these sort of sordid tales of debauchery and kind of really complicated relationships. Mm, um, Like like incest and rape and all sorts of awful things, torture. All sorts of things. And then if they're not cutting up pieces of children or something and throwing them into the sea, it's like someone's running off with someone else and there's complicated marriage rituals and a lot of it ends in in death. Okay, Mm. and that's how the earth emerges. And they're incredibly violent. And I just found that really fascinating that, you know, a lot of our origin stories come from, you know, no matter what culture you're in, it's this violent sort of eruption where humanity has come out of. And to me, 
if you have a if you have this kind of violent sordid tale of origins it, if that's where you think that you come from i think that's really going to affect how you relate to the world <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah These well, implications I, how we view ourselves yeah look I, I i totally want to unpack that but i think it sort of helps to maybe contrast some of what you've seen in in those you know that those creation myths of various cultures and religions you know to, to contrast and compare that with the the biblical creation story um, i mean i imagine there must be a lot of similarities there but uh it sounds like you're seeing that there are differences as well yeah and and this is what really fascinated me because if you go back to the the biblical account, the origin story is is vastly different. You know, we have we have similar origin concepts in the sense that there's this kind of formless earth, this abyss. Everything sort of comes out of nothing. This abyss, we see that coming across. Mm. But you know, this idea of order and out of chaos, that sort of thing. But then, in the biblical account, it's not creation that comes out of violence or revenge or retribution or retaliation, but mm. it's it's creation and and a world that's brought into being out of the desire of of God to bring love into the world. You know, it's not violence, jealousy, revenge, or sex or anything like that. But it's this the creative work of what's described in the Bible as an intelligent supernatural being that looks at something and and desires to bring another party into it, to bring something to love, to create something beautiful and majestic and wonderful mm. rather than the chaos and, and violence. And this really this is what really resonates with me in the in the creation account from the Bible. Yeah. That yeah, it's it's something completely different. Yeah. I, I guess in, in those first two chapters of the book of Genesis, you know, the, the very first book of the Bible, we, we see, you know, God creating, you know, the, the land and the sea and the, and the animals and the, the plants and everything. And at each stage, he, you know, the, the Bible says, and God saw that it was good. You know, God saw that it was good. God saw the, that it was good. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a repeated phrase. And, and then we have God, you know, sort of giving, you know, commands, but they're, they're commands to do what comes naturally. You know, these are the foods that you should eat. You know, they're, they're there for you to eat, you know, eat and enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. go, you know, go forth, be fruitful and, and multiply. You know, so there's this sense of, hey, this is a good world. You know, in fact, he says very good in some states. Ages and and the the task of all living things is simply to inhabit it, to enjoy it, to eat the eat the food that's there, and to procreate. I mean, wow, you know the you know Adam and Eve, you know naked in the garden making babies. I mean, it's it's it, it is a, a it, 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 it <laughs> is it is quite a contrast, isn't it, to the like you say, you know mm. the the warring titans and the and people being thrown into the abyss and chained in dungeons and etc. etc. And you touched on a really important point there, that every element, the God of the Bible brings out this idea that it's good and everything that is created has sense and purpose um, and is put for a reason and is there to to add. What's the word I'm looking for here? It's there to to bring goodness and to add something into the world mm. rather than, you know, in contrast to these these ancient myths where it brings about terror and destruction and that's how humanity comes about. Whereas what we see is God adding and adding and adding and creating something beautiful and wonderful out of what was nothing and what was formless. And yeah, and then at the end of it, like you 
we have this this day by day account, and then at the end of it, this incredibly powerful God, this being, the whole purpose of this creation is for Him to stop at the end and spend time to enjoy it, which is mm. so vastly different to what we've read in those other ancient accounts. Yeah, and so if origin stories are essentially where our purpose and place in the world comes out, then how what we believe about where humanity comes from and the, the environment that we've come out of and it's really going to affect how humanity views itself down the track. You know, even as individuals, if we grow up believing that we've come from an, a nurturing, loving, caring home, then we're going to nurture love and care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if we grow up believing that we've come from a, a violent and challenging and unloving and really negative home, then we're going to have those, we're going to sh- have those similar feelings about ourselves and it's going to be a constant struggle to try and rewrite that that origin mm-hmm. and, and, and the way I, that that's impacted and reflected on us. Yeah, I, I can hear what you're saying, Lindell, because you're saying also if we believe not just that we come from a, a loving and nurturing home, but we believe we come from a loving, nurturing God, that can have a real impact in our sense of self-concept, in our, our sense of destiny, and even in our sense of how we deal w- with our traumas. Absolutely. But beyond that, it, it also changes the way that we deal with our fellow humanity and our fellow humankind because not only if you know if we come from an origin where where there's violence and and stress and negativity and and trauma then we we have these assumptions that each person that we come in contact with could essentially have a have a similar experience but if we believe that all of humanity comes from this this place of of love and care and intention and the love of a good and just and true God, hmm. then when we look at other human beings and we look at the rest of humanity, we go, well, they've come from this same origin story. Mm. Therefore, they deserve the respect and love and treatment that I would give to myself. And so it changes our view on humankind. And beyond that, it changes our view on the created world. It changes our view on creation and the environment and, and, and our obligation to protect and nurture it rather than strive against it and okay. overcome it. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lindella, I guess the, the elephant in the room, or maybe I should say that the mammoth in the room, <laughs> is that the most you know, mainstream creation myth that we have in the West is the, you know, the Big Bang evolution. I guess you know, we could call it naturalism or, or materialism, you know, the belief that life, the universe and everything came about by random, unguided natural forces. So what, what are the implications for our psyche, you know, for our self-concept, if we accept this as our origin story? Again, it's going to be different for, for every individual, but I think there's something to be said from the idea of was there purpose in the creation of of our world mm. or was there just random chance? Mm. Am, am I, I here mean, for a reason? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we look at the world at the moment and we go, wow, you know, with the state that it's in, can there be any real purpose? But this is where we can't take the story of the, the biblical creation account. We need to sort of take a step back and zoom out and see it in the broader biblical story of this idea of, God creating something beautiful and wonderful with the intention of a peaceful, cohesive and perfect unified world. And then obviously in the broader biblical story, sin enters the world and we see we see chaos and result. And then we have the 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 salvation story of Jesus coming and, and ultimately I mean I'm I'm taking big sweeping steps. Yeah, yeah. Here. V- v- um, very broad the, brush strokes, yeah. 
Yeah, we have Jesus enter the world and the salvation of the earth, and then we see this this hope in recreation. And and you see, if we step out broader and look at the broader biblical story, there is purpose amidst the pain and and the challenges that we face in this world. Whereas I think you know, from a, a natural, you mentioned naturalist or materialist or you know, an evolutionary type of worldview, this is something that. It, we, we can't find answers to those questions with that mm. type of worldview. If everything sort of came from, and again, I'm no expert on these subjects, yeah, uh, especially yeah. around evolution. I don't, I, I don't have the expertise, but, but if essentially the origins of our world and humanity is random and unintentional and, has, and just sort of came about, then what, what's the overall purpose? For the earth? Mm. What, what are we striving for? What are we, where are we headed? And, and these the questions that that don't really help us make sense of the world, but rather raise more questions than than give answers, can leave us feeling sort of deflated and frustrated, and sort of wondering, well, what is, where is my place? And as we said at the very beginning, origin stories really help us to answer our place in the world. Yeah. Yet this idea of random beginnings doesn't really help answer that at all, and so it's kind of leaving us feeling just a bit more lost than than maybe before yeah yeah I, I i guess though lindell you know some who are listening might be thinking well you know that that may be the case that you know believing in a, a loving creator god you know makes you feel better about yourself and about the direction of your life but what if you're just deceiving yourself in, in order to, to get warm fuzzies you know maybe it should be the case you know harden up princess you know face reality we we came from nothing we're going to nothing you know there's only oblivion to look forward to you have to figure out a way to to sort that out i mean <laughs> there, there are people who, who say that and they're serious about it and they have found ways around it so i mean you, you you've been very humble today about your level of expertise but you know you're clearly an intelligent person so how is it that I assume you're not just deliberately deceiving yourself in, in believing in a creator God. You must have some sort of rational basis to believe that, yeah, believing in, in a biblical uh, creation or, or a sense of a loving creator God actually makes rational sense. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't have time for you to, you know, give a blow by blow, but do you have any sort of, you know, rational basis for believing this or is it just about feeling good? Well, look, I don't think it's just about feeling good. I think the reality is that humanity does want to make sense of the world and that's why we come up with all different sort of theories. And, the rea- and, and that's the thing, they are theories because I can't give you evidence for yeah. the creation account. I can't give you, I mean, other than what's put in scripture, but if that's not something that's meaningful to you, then that's not evidence. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, like I can mm. quote Bible verses, but if that has no meaning in your life, then that's not really going to cut it. Yeah, but yeah. in the same way with other theories of our origins, with evolution, with natural naturalism, all this sort of stuff, we don't we can't conclusively say this either. I know we've got different dating methods and things like that, and I know scientists debate back and forth, and that is definitely not my sphere, so I'm not going to enter that. Yeah, yeah. That area. If, if I could just speak personally, yeah. for me, yeah, the creation account does give me sense of meaning and purpose, but each origin story does require an element of faith. Mm. And I can only speak to the faith that I've experienced in my life, but I've, I've witnessed and experienced what it means to have a personal relationship with a God who I believe created, created the earth. And I've seen evidence of of this God work and change people's lives. You know, with my work as a pastor, 
this is what I work in, this is what I do. Mm. And so, yeah, it does require faith. It doesn't always make us feel good, though, because the reality is just because you believe a certain way doesn't mean that your life is going to all of a sudden click and make sense that everything's yeah, going to yeah. be wonderful. You, you've got to deal with things like guilt and sin then, don't you? And that's not always positive. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But for me, it's a personal faith in Jesus and knowing that regardless of what happens in this world, the, the, the challenges that we face, the pandemics, the crisis, the war, that there is, you know, the psychologist talked about this, this idea of destiny or, or sheer chance, but I don't see it mm. that way. Mm. I see it that with the, with the creation story, we have a creator that intimately um, knows about our lives, that created our world out of love and desire to see reconciliation between us and the world. And though, um, you know, from the Bible account, what I believe is that the the entrance of sin in the world destroyed that. We have a hope and she speaks about destiny, but for me, that destiny is a God-given destiny. Mm. I mean, I've experienced it in my life and I've seen it in other people's lives. So unfortunately, Ken, I can't give you concrete evidence, but that's just the way our origin stories work. Yeah, you have given some evidence because clearly, you know, this works. When you see, as you say, you've seen your life changed, you've seen other people's lives transformed, that that is evidence, surely. That's evidence that that something is is going on, that something is, you know, worthy of, of some serious investigation. Wow, look, you've, we've gone through some really interesting mm-hmm. theories and themes today, you know, all the way from the, the cinema and Marvel origin stories through, you know, all kinds of, uh, of ancient myths and, and, and the, the, the darkness of, of psychology, all, all the way through to a loving creator God. But look, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading your article and, and helping you know, sort of edit it as we put it together, Lindell, and I've really appreciated chatting with you today. Thanks so much for being a part of Signs of the Times Radio. Well, thank you so much, Ken. It's been a great chat this this morning, and I'm glad that you've had me on. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.